What is going on, everyone? I am Pat the Pac-Man. Welcome to another episode of Barking for Balance, the podcast where we talk about dogs, but really we talk about whatever's on our mind. Today, on this episode, I want to talk about my buddy, Peanut. I uh, I mention him uh, quite often, and uh, today I've decided I'm going to go a little bit into depth about that. I'm actually going to show you his little shadow box um, in a little while so you can see everything that I have from him. I'm going to get a little emotional about that, but, uh, you know, c'est la vie, a little French. Usually talk Sicilian. Today we're talking a little French too. Multilingual here. Uh, and then I'm already getting a little emotion just thinking about it. But I'm also going to talk about the three personality of dogs. And um, I want to touch up on uh, about regret, uh, something about regret. I want to discuss uh, about regret. And uh, not that I have any, in fact, I have just one um, and it pertains to peanut as a matter of fact, which I thought about this and I figured it's, uh, it's the perfect time to, to get that in there. So, um, you know, a little bit about my background. Uh, I never had any pets growing up. Um, I never had any pets from, for most of my life, you know, so I grew up, um, you know, in Brooklyn and the only pets that I really had uh, growing up was my parents got us three ducklings when uh, me and my sisters, um, when I was, it was before, it was while I was still in Brooklyn. So it was before we even moved. So we got three ducklings and uh, that was the only pets we had in Brooklyn that I had in Brooklyn. And then uh, the only other pets that I really had was I had a very, a baby turtle while we were li living in Sicily and um, that the turtle didn't last very long. And then also, um, I guess as an adult, we had uh, the two cats uh, while, while I was married. So, so as, as well, that was a very short lived uh, experience, just the two Russian blues. And also, um, after that, I had another Russian blue for again, a short period of time. So my, my, exp my exposure, my experience with pets was, um, was very limited and, um, never had a dogs as you know, we talk about, I was afraid of dogs till I was 28 years old. So that was right after I got divorced and, you know, moved into my apartment. So I overcame my fears of dogs, but I never had any desire to, to have a dog. Cats were just, um, you know, I had whatever little experience I had with cats that was, uh, you know, I, I, cats are, are low maintenance. So I figured it was been a perfect, a perfect pet. You know, I was a young guy, you know, single, and it was just a low maintenance pet. So the, the, the thought of having a dog never crossed my mind. But um, at one point, when I got the sec the, the cat while I was by myself, um, my favorite cats are Russian blues, just so we, you know, we could talk about that. I mean, I love all cats, to be honest now. And at the time, I really wasn't much of an animal lover. Um, I wasn't an animal lover at all. So um, getting the cats was really not, you know, just just to say that I had a pet. And, uh, you know, now, you know, I have my own little little zoo here, including, you know, I take care of the feral cats uh, outside and got in a few adopted as well. So I'm actually, I'm, I've actually been able to domesticate a few of those cats and uh, one is in the works right now. So we're going to be talking about that on a separate podcast. We're going to have to adopt my little buddy Scooter. Drum as a Scooter. No Scooter. Her name is Scooter. No Scooter. Scooter. He's like grayish. We'll, I'll show you pictures and videos. So we're going to try to find him a home next. And uh, I guess I'm just Dr. Doolittle over here. So anyway, um, yeah, so. So really, like I said, my exposure was was very minimal. And um, when I got the uh, the cat when I was by myself, the cat was really short lived because um, she really didn't get along with Peanut, and that's why, unfortunately, uh, again, my mind really wasn't on um, 
you know, like making it work or whatever. So I ended up giving her, I was, I was, I didn't give her back to the shelter. Um, I ended up adopting her out to uh, one of the accountants that I was affiliated with, with back in when I was a financial advisor and uh, she lived a happy life. Uh, she, they loved her. She loved them. And it was just a match made in heaven. I was, God made that happen because I was praying like, you know, peanut and her never gotten to, didn't get along. And I really didn't know what I was doing. And to be honest, like I said, I really didn't care. So, but I knew that it was a good situation and I had to rehome her. Now that would never happen. But, you know, back then it was, I was a different person and, um, you know, I ended up, I, I knew I didn't want to bring her back to the shelter. And again, that was, you know, God helping me out with that. And we ended up finding her a great home, um, you know, the last minute with one of my accountants, with his daughter and his wife. And, you know, she lived a great life and she was happy as a, as a, as a cat in shit, I guess, you know, I think we mentioned that before, but that's an old saying too, but has nothing, no relevance to this, but you know, we're talking about cats. So there it is. Um, that's another thing. There's a lot of Sicilian sayings that have cats involved, which means beautiful, like the ass of a cat. And which means don't get the kitten or get the cat, which means don't get drunk or means getting drunk. So you get a cat and you get drunk. Sicilians have some weird sayings, but you know what? It's all good. So I'm, I love, I love saying them. So it's, who cares? I'm going to translate those in English. I'm going to go uh, grab a cat later on. <laughs> you want to you guys want to grab a cat with me there anyway. So it's at Tariada. So technically it's a, it's a, it's a kitten or a small cat or something along those lines. Um, anyway, so, Hey, listen, barking for balance. We talk about whatever we want to talk about on here. So it's all good. But, um, yeah, so getting back to the pet situation. So like I said, you know, Russian blues were always my favorite cat. They still are, you know, with the green eyes and that bluish, uh, gray bluish coat, which is kind of funny because I think that's the reason why, um, I started watching the dog whisper when I fell in love, as you guys may remember, I started watching the dog whisper because I had, uh, there was a dog that had caught my attention and it was a gray bluish dog. Of course it was junior, um, Cesar Milan's dog. And it was, I guess that color has some kind of thing. I mean, blue is my favorite color. I mean, so you'll be at the blue, 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 blue. It's actually the same word in Italian and English. Blue is the same thing, except it's spelled without the E. So it's B-L-U. That's how you spell blue in in Italian, but little lesson on writing there in case you didn't cared. But um, so Russian blues are just my favorite cat. And, you know, that color uh, just caught my attention. And that was the three cats that I actually had were Russian blues. So which is funny because Scooter outside is like a little grayish blue. He's like one of those tabby cats. He's got like the lines, but um, he's cool. We're going to talk about him. I have some videos with him. I'm going to get him a home. He's really, really, really come a long way for a feral. You know, I guess I'm like the feral the cat whisperer too here. Cat, pat, cat man, we'll call, call me, call myself. And um, anyway, so, so getting back, to, I'm trying to avoid this topic because I'm going to get a little emotional, but uh, I'm going to try my best not to tear up, but we'll see what happens. Anyway, so then, um, like I said, I had, uh, I had uh, Sterling was the, the cat. And during that time, cat, the cat, uh, Sterling was not the kind of cat that I was looking for. I was looking for like a cat that was like cuddly, that was, uh, you know, I could hold and I could, you know, put on my lap and I could, you know, pet and stuff. And she was an older cat. Um, and she just wasn't, she just didn't want that kind of stuff. Like, you, you know, after a while, it just felt like, like more of like a chore, like, you know, she wasn't like a companion and that's what I was looking for. So, um, that's when I started wondering, I started thinking, you know what, maybe it's time I get a dog and that's exactly what I did. And so, um, of course, peanut came up from a pet store 
this was before, you know, I knew anything about this. He was a Shih Tzu poodle and um, he was uh, beige and uh, brown when uh, when I saw him, uh, brought him home, didn't have a clue what the hell I was doing and took a week off from work and started practicing stuff with him. You know, the basics stuff, you know, the house breakings and the leash walking. And um, I was surprised, to be honest, because as much as I had no clue what I was doing, somehow there was something deep down. I guess I did have a clue somehow. I guess God was, you know, showing me that this is the path because again, no exposure to dogs, no experience with dogs. I mean, I had, you know, very little knowledge of, of animals in general, no knowledge of dogs at all. And yet I was teaching this dog, you know, basic stuff, you know, sit, stay, lay down, you know, walking on the leash. I was housebreaking him. I mean, it was just, um, it, it was weird and I was, and, I, and it was working. Now, looking back, I could see how um, a lot of it really wasn't really related to me, but some of the techniques that I was using, it was just, you know, there was no internet back then. There was no books. I had no dog trainer. Um, you know, it was just, I guess I was just using my instincts and just doing what felt right to get the, the, the job done. And it was working, you know, and um, you know, peanut was just, Pina was, was, was predisposed to be perfect. You know, uh, everything I did was wrong. You know, I know that now, but he still turned out 99% perfect. I mean, he had his quirks here or there, but they were really, really minor compared to the big picture. Um, you know, he wasn't socialized, but he still wasn't aggressive towards, towards all. I mean, you know, I had, a. uh, I had him around like people and children. I mean, he was just perfect in every way and had nothing to do with me. I'm going to get into that in a little, in a, in a little while. But, um, you know, I remember when I first brought him home, you know, it was scary because, you know, he cried all night long. And, you know, I, I remembered that I ended up, I was in bed and I had this, his crate next to the bed and he was just whining. And there was like all these theories, which now I know are just stupid. Um, they were telling the people were telling me, yeah, you get a, a, a clock and you wrap it with a towel and it resembles, um, it reminds him of his mother's heartbeat, which was bullshit because it didn't do anything. I think he shit on the freaking towel for crying out loud. Um, he still cried and whined and barked all night. But I remember I put my hand by his crate and he ended up falling asleep, you know? And then I think I did that the night after, I'm not sure. But after that, he was just no problems. You know, and I crate trained him and, you know, he was in his crate and the whole bit. And like I said, there was really no, no, no comment. It, it was, it was almost like having a dog is easy. This is a piece of cake. Um, that's what I figured because I did everything wrong. You know, like the way I used to feed him was I just have a bowl of food out there and just pouring it in every single day. Like, I don't even think I washed the bowl in, in all the years that I had him, but, um, you know, he was just awesome. He was just so, so cool. And he was just, he was just a little love bug. I remember the first time, um, you know, being a Shih Tzu poodle, I had to take him to the groomers because his hair was getting really long. And when I got him, of course they had a, like a little bow on his head. I'm like, what the hell is this? But the worst part was that he came back beige. And like I said, he was brown and like a dark beige, but mostly, I was, I'm sorry, it was brown, black, and like a little bit of beige, but not much, but it was a dark beige. And um, I, he came back and he was like this almost white, I'm like, this is not my dog. And I was arguing with the, with the freaking groomer. I'm like, this is not my dog. And they're like, yes, it is. I'm like, no, it's not my dog. This is my dog. I had a picture of him. This is my dog. And they're like, no, this is your dog. This is not him. This I was like, what are you drunk? See, it's appropriate right there. Are you drunk? 
this is my dog. He goes, no, but this is the, like I said, I didn't know shit about how it worked. You shave the hair and you get a different dog. So the guy's like, all right, I guess this is my dog. And of course I brought him home and I realized, okay, this is my dog. His personality was, was his personality. But, um, but we had some amazing, amazing times. You know, he, uh, he was just wonderful in every possible way. And like I said, you know, I was, uh, I did everything wrong when I came, when it came to raising him, I didn't really know what the hell I was doing, but he was, um, you know, like there's three types of personalities when it comes to dogs and peanut was the first one. And that's the happy go lucky one. You know, that's basically where you could do everything wrong and they still turn out perfect. Like that's a lot of people where they believe like, you know, they're the dog whisperer because you know, this is what I did with my dog and he turned out great. You know, it has nothing to do with what you did. I hate to break your, I, I hate to break it to you, but it has nothing to do with you. It was just, that's just the dog. And, and that's a lot of times um, people get those types of dogs often and they think like they just know it all and they're great. And all of a sudden they get the dog that just challenges their knowledge and they realize maybe I don't know shit or, you know, depending on the person, they blame the dog for it. But regardless it's just some dogs are just predisposed to being whatever they don't really care you know they don't want to be in charge they just give me a bowl of food throw me a ball you know i don't care do whatever you want it is what it is you know they're just super submissive types um then there's a second personality which is socks my my pitbull socks now uh socks is the dominant personality he's the one that wants to be in charge and that's why i was having such a difficult time with him at the time was because he was challenging me and he was not going to give in until he realized he, he until i made him realize that i could handle that role that role of authority figure that role of leader and of course you know i couldn't at that point and that's why it was a struggle and he just you know would battle and just take over and that's really what happens uh, with those type of personalities where a lot of people that don't have like that, that, that authoritative attitude or don't want to become that authoritative attitude, those, those dogs just bulldoze them. And that's just how it is. You know, you have to earn the respect and the trust of that dog. That's really, really what it boils down to. And then there's the third category, uh, which usually not usually, but oftentimes can become the most dangerous of the ones. It's the ones that really do not want to be in charge, but they end up having to become in charge and having to be in charge because nobody's assumed the role. Whether it's dogs or humans, there's nobody that's assumed the role of authority figure in establishing direction, bands, and limits in a calm and firm way. So those dogs end up taking over, and those are the dogs that um, usually like like will attack or bite or whatever um, because that's what they feel, or really based on their instincts, that's what they're supposed to do. You know, there's no no leader here. So I guess I'm supposed to be it. But 99% of the time, it comes from nervousness. It comes from insecurity. It comes from, from not wanting to be in that position, but somebody's got to take, take control. Somebody's got to take command. So I guess it's me, you know, that's really what it boils down to. And, um, you know, I always associate it to like a jealous boyfriend, jealous husband who, you know, you could be at the supermarket and, you know, checking out and the cashier is a male and here comes your boyfriend or your husband stepping in, you know, he's got to protect you. You know, because, you know, that's his, that's what he's insecure. He's nervous. He's, he's, he's fearful. And so he's got to, you know, protect you. He's got to, there's nothing to protect. I mean, well, I've got to protect you against the bus. I got to protect you against the leaves, the mailman. Like there's, there's all these kind of concepts. And that's because of their, again, it stems from insecurity and nervousness um, set from the fact that there's no uh, established authority figure. You know, nobody's taken that position. So they do, you know, they don't want to, but they do it, you know, like, like they're, they're the kind of, of, of authority figures that um, like if you were in the armed forces 
and you know your superior officer was a basket case of emotion of, of emotions nervous insecure fearful you know whatever would you trust this person to lead you into battle and to bring you back safely you know what i mean um and that's what makes them ineffective leaders and that's why i said before that's why they're usually the more dangerous ones because they bite or they attack even though there's nothing and there's no reason for that to happen doesn't mean they're aggressive it just means that they're nervous they're insecure and if we don't give them an authority figure, if we don't give them somebody um, to respect, they're just gonna they're gonna they're gonna take over. But it stems from nervous and insecurity. You know what I mean? That's why um, it's all about leadership. It's all about establishing direction, bounds, and limits, and that's what it boils down to. So, um, you know, like with Peanut, thankfully, you know, being that I had no clue what the hell I was doing, I got lucky. Thank the Lord, as always. Um, that he gave me the dog that just didn't really give me any problems. And he just made it like a smooth, smooth process. It just made it like a smooth life between me and him. And it was fantastic. You know what I mean? And, um, you know, it, it, there was really no, no problems with him. And, and I, like, we just got along, you know, he slept in bed with me, you know, he, he was just so great. And during a time, which I'm not going to get into it now, um, during a time of my life when things were really, really bad, he was the only thing that I had, um, that, that was, that, that basically kept me afloat, you know, and barely, and, you know, he was, um, he was just, he was just, he would just touch the lives of everybody that met him. Um, there was not one person. I mean, socks is kind of like the same thing. In fact, it's kind of funny because, you know, I had peanut when I brought socks home. You know, of course, I had to keep them separate because it was just a train wreck. I mean, at the time, Sox was about 50 pounds. You know, Pino was 15 and uh, Pino was uh, nine years old, I believe, or eight years old. You know, Sox was like almost a year and, you know, it was just a whole different ball game there. But, um, you know, he, you know, thanks to Sox, Peanut, just for that short period of time that he lived afterwards, um, you know, Peanut's life changed. Um, I also had a, a girlfriend at the time who, um, was a major animal lover and she kind of like, you know, helped the transition of me becoming an animal lover, you know, um, because like me, me adopting socks, having her around for like support in that regard helped to, um, you know, for me to think that I, that we could do, I, you know, I, I had backup basically, you know, and, you know, she was an animal lover, so she knew what to do. So she made his life a lot better. Like we would go to the dog park and, you know, thanks to socks, he peanut would come too, so we'd be at the dog park and he you know here's peanut playing with dogs and of course i was nervous and and at that point i was, was also learning what to do you know so my confidence was growing and i was learning what to look for and what to do and uh have things go but it was weird because um you know like i said peanut and, and socks grew up and and i like to think that that uh peanuts i used to call them i used to tell socks like that's your little big brother um you know peanuts when, how could I put this? When, when Caesar Milan got junior, um, daddy, who was his first pit bull was getting older. So junior was kind of like raised by daddy. So he kind of like absorbed and became, uh, and absorbed. And, and uh, how could I put this? I'm getting really emotional talking about this, but, um, daddy's energy was kind of like transferred into, into junior. So, um, junior was raised by that energy, by that personality. So of course he's going to mimic some of that. And the same thing I see with like socks, um, 
a lot of peanut is in socks, you know, like he was his little big brother. It was different size. They, they never, um, there was never an issue, you know, between, between the two of them, but they never like played, you know, they ate next to each other. They chewed on their bones next to each other, you know, um, they, they, they slept next to each other, you know, it was, you know, we walked together, like, like there was never any issues with that, but just never, they just never interacted. And, you know, that was, and that's okay. You know, there was nothing to reason. Peanut would not have wanted that. Like when socks after a while, you know, when socks tried and, and, and was, was looking to play with him, Pino wanted nothing to do with it. You know, Pino, again, he was older, you know, he wasn't that kind of dog with socks. Socks's energy was like a level 30. Peanut's energy was a level five. So it just wasn't a good match from that perspective. But again, my role in this was to make them coexist with no issues, which I am, you know, through God's guidance, thank the Lord. Um, we did exactly that. You know, he, he, um, they coexisted with no issues and that's exactly what I was looking for. And so, um, before even socks arrived here, uh, while I, again, while I was watching the dog whisper, there was an episode where, um, a handicapped girl was looking to have her, her dog, um, rehabilitated by Caesar because she wanted to make him a therapy dog and she was in a wheelchair. And, you know, like I said, I really wasn't, wasn't knowledgeable of this stuff at the time, but I was like, Hmm. And I started to learn and do a little research on the whole therapy dog situation. And I was like, you know what? Peanut would be perfect at being a therapy dog. And so um, I signed them up and I took, uh, I took them to take the exams, all 16 tests. I think it was 16 at the time. And that boy passed with fly of a video of the whole thing. Um, he passed with flying colors and he became a therapy dog. And I mean, I remember, you know, they were passing him around like the people there, there was like so many people and some kids and the whole bit, and they were passing him around and, Oh my God, they were so in love with him. I had to like keep an eye. I was like, I was like, these people are going to take him and bring him home with them. But, uh, but they did it. Of course. Um, not that I would let them kick their ass, you know, my boy, but, um, you know, um, he turned into a therapy dog. And during that time also, you know, there was a lot of struggles. I was trying to find myself too, you know, trying to figure out like what career I wanted to be, what, what I'm sorry, what career I wanted to do and where I wanted my life to go. And, um, you know, I started taking him to like nursing homes in particular, you know, and so I took him to nursing homes and it was the cool thing was there was a, a whole floor of people um, with Alzheimer's. And to be honest, I used to go on a weekly basis to this particular uh, nursing home. And this particular floor really became my favorite for one simple reason. It was residents. It was it was elder people, elderly people that uh, lived there, and they had like Alzheimer's and dementia and things of that nature. But they lived there, and I when I was bring when I would bring them to like the other floors. After a while, it just became boring because because those people remembered him. You know what I mean? So they're like, oh yeah, what's up? See, yeah, it's a dog again. But the first couple of times, I was like, oh my god, he's so cute. Can I pet him? He's so cute. He put him in his lap, give him treats. You know, they were like they would like just kiss and hug them the whole time but after a while i was like oh yeah hey what's up you know it was it however on this floor um it was always the same response every single time that i got there you know it was like oh my god look how cute and this was a people that we saw week after week and it was this it was like the same 
it was like same conversation, you know, oh my God, what's his name? And of course, like, you know, we've been through this a million times, the same person. And I you know I would act like we just met, you know, oh, I'm Pat, you know, whatever. And, um, and that was it. And oh my God, can I, what's his name and how old is he? And it was the same, but the best part was just their reaction of happiness. And he would sit on their laps and they would pet him, and they would cuddle. He would lick their face and they would just love it, you know? And these people wanted me to bring them like more consistently because they would light them up, you know? And that's just how he was. Like he just lit up a room. He just stepped in and he just lit up a room. So, um, so making him a therapy dog was really not just beneficial for him, not just beneficial for those people, but it was beneficial for me because it kind of, it kind of made me happy to make me feel like I was making a difference in people's lives. And again, at that point I was in the financial services world and I really wasn't happy. And I was trying to find something that made me happy. And this actually made me happy. Like I was looking forward to those Saturdays of going to the nursing homes and seeing those people like getting all happy and excited and watching Pina just do his thing and, and, and like their world up. And I'm like, you know, this is, this is cool. This is what I've always wanted. I've always wanted to, to do something like this. And this is, this is, this is it, you know, thanks to this little 15 pound little guy. I mean, we're accomplishing that. Um, and so, um, and then socks came, you know, and, 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 you know, socks just changed his life. You know, he started, we started, like I said, we were going to the dog parks and we're going for walks and we're doing just so much more dog like activities. And of course this was part of me learning more about the dog world and what dogs required. Um, so we're doing more dog like activities. And at this point, you know, peanut was, uh, was nine years old and, you know, socks was very, very high energy and we, he needed just tons of, of stimulation. You know, I used to walk him three times a day for an hour and a half each time, you know, had a dog walker come in three times a week, you know, took him to the dog park. I was working for them in house, but you know, he needed to like to have that interaction with another dog. And as much as he was getting it from the dog park, but him and Pina were never like, 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 like a perfect match, you know, but you know, it, it really doesn't make a difference. And um, the reason why I'm bringing that up was because, you know, Peanut actually passed away um, around ten, like 10 years old. And so he uh, he had um, he was diagnosed with Addison's for a few years. And, um, you know, obviously he didn't he didn't last much longer after that. But, um, you know, he, um, he 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 I did my best to, to give him the life that that, you know, after that. But, you know, he actually passed away um, in the middle of the night. And, um, you know, I, was, I got up in, in around like, you know, two, three o'clock in the morning to, um, you know, go get a drink and, um, you know, found them just laying on his side and, you know, I called them and, you know, no, no, no response. And, um, you know, I, like I said, I had the girl, my girlfriend at the time, and I called her over and I told her, you know, what was happening and she came rushing over and, you know, we rushed them to the, um, to the emergency room and, you know, I kind of already knew that, that it was a done deal. And, um, you know, that was, that was, that was the end of it. You know, there really wasn't, um, you know, there really wasn't much, much left, you know, there really wasn't, there, there, it was done, you know, and as much as I was praying and hoping, but you know, it, it was clear, but, um, it was a tough thing, you know, especially like the next day when I had to, you know, prepare just one bowl of food and, take one dog outside and um you know the realization you know hit me quite a bit but um you know death in in, in our pets death in general is is not something fun um but you know it is it is part of life but um you know 
the one thing that that I try to um, to see in every situation, and the fact that um, my 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 path in life was changing at that time from financial services to 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 getting involved in the dog world was the fact that um, my dogs were were almost needed. I needed my dogs to be my helpers, so to speak. And um, Socks became that or was becoming that. But Peanut wasn't wasn't that type. Like he was phenomenal with people, but he was okay with dogs. He wouldn't have been the kind of dog that could have helped uh, rehabilitate other dogs like like Socks and Pepper did. And so um, n- not to say, uh, and I'm not saying anything about the fact that like I would give my left arm uh, my left and my right arm, to be honest, to, to, to have peanut back here. Um, but, you know, God knew that there was, um, you know, there was, um, there was a reason why he had to go. Um, you know, there was a reason why um, he had to, you know, take him with him and bring him with him. And I know that he's with him. He's probably sitting on his lap right now, licking his face, cute little guy, but um, you're going to see a picture of him in a little while. But um you know, and that the reason why was was Pepper was 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 what I needed um, for, for for what we were trying to accomplish. You know, um, Pepper was um, the perfect personality for for socks. I mean, you know, they they bonded from day one. They played and they loved each other. You know, they slept cuddled up next to each other. Still to this day, they do. They're snuggled up. They're brother and sister and. Um, you know, Peanut was the little big brother, and I wish that Pepper would have met Peanut. But um, Pepper was the perfect dog for for rehabilitating other dogs. Like you know, I call her Mama Pepper because of just the way she is. She just has a motherly attitude to her. And you know, just just the other day, I was outside with the dog from one of my neighbors who was acting a little rough with her and trying to get a little too excited. And she's putting that bastard in his place, and and I'm just watching her, and I'm like, you go, girl. You know, she was she, she's helped me just like Socks has helped me with rehabilitating other dogs. Um, and telling me how these dogs are feeling and what the truth behind them really is. And um, that's why so many dogs that have, I've, you know, they, when, when, when we used to board dogs here at home, you know, people wanted me to board their dogs here because like, you know, they were being boarded, but really like socks and pepper were just helping them with their behaviors and just, you know, helping them overcome them and fixing those problems. Even though it was really like weird because like, I didn't really do anything except just, just establish the leadership role but they they did everything and so people would just and i didn't even realize this until they would tell me like you know every every time when we leave when they leave when we take them home you know they're so much better behaved and i'm like i didn't really do anything they would they would give me the credit but i didn't really do anything you know it's not like i did anything different i focused no i just i just they just came in and socks and pepper took over and um like i said pepper was just a, like perfect when it came to that kind of stuff so um God knew that that she's the dog I needed at that point based on what was going on in my life and what was going to happen in my life. And she was just necessary. So um, unfortunately, you know, so, so, uh, you know, peanut was, was, um, was sick. And, and, you know, it's, 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 it's hard to, to understand for me to understand um, how this happened because, you know, I found them that way. And, and it, you know, I have not experienced the, you know, having to put a dog down, but you hear like the different, you know, the different um, opinions, um, you know, when you put a dog down, you, you question yourself. And I, I get that. I understand, you know, it's almost like you're killing your dog. And, 
I, I get it. But for me, the problem is, um, you know, trying to make sense of the death um, was really, it, it's really important. I mean, how do you make sense of death? You can't, you know, and I'm not a big fan of, of like those fortune cookie responses, you know, well, you know, it was their time and, you know, and, and that's a part of life and all that shit. And, you know, there's reasons behind stuff. I understand. And, but unfortunately, there's really no reasons behind death. You know, why did Peanut have to go so soon? You know, trying to make sense of it. Um, that's what what I what I see is is Peanut came. He did his job. Um, he did exactly what God needed him, you know, to do for me. And, um, you know, it, it was it was his time. And, you know, we had to. He had to move on and God said, no, you know what? I've given him to you enough time. Now I want that little guy with me. And, and so he took him because it was, you know, he had done his job. He did what he was supposed to do. And, you know, he had to pass the baton to somebody else who was going to take me to the next level. And that was Pepper, you know, having peanuts still around would never have led me to getting Pepper, but, you know, she was needed, you know, she's necessary is necessary. Um, to, to what we're trying to do. So, um, you know, I couldn't be selfish, but making sense of the death of it and how it happened, just finding them there, there's just no, you know, there's no um, way of explaining it. There's no way to, um, to make heads or tails out of it. And I blame myself so much for that. You know, if only I had taken them to the vet sooner, if only I had, you know, um, you know, people kept telling me a lot of stuff. My relatives, friends, they were telling me a lot of different things. And again, me learning about what's going on. He came from a, from a pet store, most like he came from a puppy mill and, you know, he probably had like already physical issues. And then the Addison kind of like, you know, beat up his heart a little bit and, you know, and then it just, it was just his time. And it was just, he had just reached the end and there was really nothing that I could have done. Yeah, I get that. But when, when you think about it and when I'm thinking about it, my worry was, you know, and this, this is, this is part of my problem, as I've been told many times is that um, I actually think that I am a superhero, you know, and, and, you know, my family, remember my uncle says, you know, you're not Superman. And I've had a few people that told me that, you know, you weren't, you were not Superman, you know, you couldn't, you couldn't save his life, you know, it was just, this is, was just him. I mean, you know, if God had a plan, then who are you to say anything, you know, and I'm like, okay, yeah, but what if I brought him to the vet? And uh, yeah, and, and you start to like, question stuff you start to I, I mean i was starting to question a lot of decision making and lack of decision making um but then at the end of the day okay so i would have brought him to the vet had i noticed that he wasn't feeling and and, and what what would have done he could have died at the vet instead he died here at home you know with me and with socks and um <sighs> there's just so many different different ways to look at it. And, and at the end of the day, like, you know, you could blame yourself all you want. I was blaming myself so much, but at the end of the day, like it is what it is. Um, death, his death was, um, was necessary. Like I said, and could I have saved him? <sighs> I highly doubt it. You know, could I have done something more? Yes. Would that have made a difference? Who knows? And I beat, I was beating myself up for so long. I still beat myself up for so long. I was, I'm sorry. I still beat myself up um, just at the thought of whether I could have done more, whether I should have done more. 
and would it have made a difference? And I'll never know. I'll never know if, um, if I could have done something, if it would have done something, you know, at the end of the day, I could have spent hundreds of thousands of dollars. And, you know, he, like I said, he could have died there and I would, and I would have been regretting that. So, um, so many things that, that they're going through my mind. And, um, at the end of the day, the, the bottom line is that the way I'm looking at it now, this was what was ordained. This was what was meant, you know, his passing led me to pepper, you know, he passed in, uh, in March and uh, I'm sorry, he passed in May and um, you know, I had socks and I just took my time with socks. And then um, I think like around August or, or September um, I realized I was ready. You know, I was ready for, um, you know, I was ready for another dog. Actually, I'm sorry. I think he passed away in April, if I'm not mistaken, either April or May, I forget. Um, and I waited until like August or September uh, till I was going to get another dog. And it's funny too, now that I'm thinking about this, because it was a similar situation with like socks. Um, there was one dog that I was going to get. It was a Chihuahua, like a grayish, believe it or not, it was a grayish blue Chihuahua. Um, and I forget why that fell through. I think I decided not to do that because the Chihuahua just have been too small and it wouldn't have been a good matchup to socks. Then there was another, I'm just thinking about this. It was another fluffy thing. I wanted another fluffy thing. I figured it was like a Yorkie something, but it was a tiny little dog. It would have been like a 10 to 15 pounder. Um, and when I went to the guy's house, nobody answered the, the door. And there was other dogs that kind of like, like that same thing happened. And then I stumbled onto Pepper. Um, you know, I'm pet, I'm pet finder, saw her uh, pet finder. She was in Pennsylvania. Uh, and no, not from a breeder. She was from a rescue, a phenomenal rescue. That place was, my God, that place was set up so nice. Um, it was a woman's home. And my God, in fact, I kept her information. I'm like, if I get another dog, I'll definitely get another dog from you. She was, her setup was so spectacular. It was incredible. And the dogs outside, she had like older dogs outside. I'm like, wow, these dogs are so well behaved. And they're like tons of puppies. It was so clean. It was, oh, it was just perfect. But I fell in love with Pepper because, you know, she had two different color eyes. And uh, when I went to meet the, meet the litter, she just was the one that kind of like stood out. In fact, when I went to pick her up, I put her on my lap. She, um, you know, she peed on me. So I guess she claimed me a little shit. Um, at least she didn't shit on me. But, um, but yeah, but again, you know, going back to the whole, you know, that situation, it's uh, with peanut, um, you know, you can't, I've learned that you can't, um, you can't make sense of, of death. You can only look and try to find a silver lining um, when it comes to when it happens. The, the thing that, that I think I'm, I was struggling with and, and, I'll, and I'm still struggling with, to be totally honest, um, is basically what was what I was going to talk about, which is the regret factor. Um, I don't I don't regret anything in my life uh, at all. You know, I don't regret getting married because every single mistake um, has led to something, you know, and it's really my job when something bad happens to find something that can come out of it. Otherwise, you just wallow in misery and you, you know, you just beat yourself up for the mistake. But, you know, you have to um, what I've learned is that you have to look for, you know, some of the positive that that in the situation. And if it's not there immediately, just wait for it. You know, there are no such thing as mistakes. That's kind of like how I see it. You know, um, when it comes to dogs, 
you do something and sometimes it doesn't work. Like sometimes a specific technique with a dog doesn't work. So you got to do something different. And that's kind of like the same thing here when it comes to uh, people making mistakes or, or do, making, making mistakes in general in, in life. Uh, and I've made quite a few, um, like, for example, like getting married, um, that would have been, that's, that was, that was still like my whole family still tells me the same thing. You know, you shouldn't have done it. It was a big mistake. And I'm like, you know what? It wasn't because that led to so much um, that other people don't realize. And, you know, it's not your job to make them realize, you know, that's, that's their opinion. And, but, you know, I know what came out of that and specifically what came out of it was growth on my part, maturity on my part, but more importantly is me landing into this apartment that overcame, helped me overcome my, my fear of dogs. So, you know, that was, that was the key here. And, um, the one thing that I regret when it comes to peanut and, 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 um, it's really the only regret that I have is peanut, not having peanut. Don't get me. No, definitely not. Is how I was with peanut. And still to this day, um, I still think about it. You know, I still wonder about it and it upsets me. Um, and I, and, and, I would do anything to like, you know, turn the table, get in that time machine, that DeLorean from back to the future and go back in time and do things differently with, with him. Um, but I can't. And so I have to, you know, work on not thinking about that too much and not beating myself up too much, but it's hard to do because I really wonder often how happy, how, how, how happy was peanut? Like how happy was he? for real, you know? And then the most important question that I have to ask myself is how happy was he with me? You know, how happy was he that I was his daddy, you know? And, um, that's, that's the, that was, that's the, really the part that, um, that really, you know, bothers me and, and, and hurts me the most is because, you know, I know that I didn't do the right stuff by him. I know that, you know, I didn't, I didn't care for him the way that I should have. And I didn't, you know, um, you know, do the things that, that he needed from me, but, um, I, I, I can't help but wonder, you know, like how happy was he with me? You know, I know he was a happy guy, you know, again, take him to the, to the, um, you know, the, um, what do you call it? The, uh, I'm getting a little emotional here. Um, you know, take him to the nursing homes and the last, the last event, uh, for a therapy dog event that I took him to was actually, believe it or not, was at my college, uh, William Patterson, William Patterson, uh, university, which they had, um, um, meetings with therapy dogs for the students to de-stress them from midterms and finals, which is kind of freaking messed up. I want my money back bastards um you know they 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 were setting up these these therapy dog situations for, for you know for stress purposes and they didn't have that when i was there you know what i'm saying there was no therapy you know granted i was a i wouldn't i don't it wouldn't okay maybe they were there and i really never noticed because it wasn't my thing at the time but um these kids were come over and they would just play, pet them and i remember um there was other therapy dogs in the area and pina was just such a people person he would just latch on to these people and i remember seeing some of these other therapy dogs there was two schnauzers as a matter of fact and they were like trying to fight with the other dogs and here's pina just loving everybody up and then there's a golden retriever that was like just pulling the owner with the leash and it was just a, a shit show um and here's pina just doing his thing and people are coming up to him and i have videos uh, this was shortly uh, this was shortly before he passed. I want to say it was maybe like a week, two weeks before um, he passed. It was the last event that we went to. And, uh, 
yeah. So, 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 you know, he, the people were just loving him up and he was doing his thing and, uh, at my college too, which, uh, which was, which was cool. But, um, you know, like I said, I used to see him like, you know, just make people happy. Um, and he just, he just touched the lives of, of everybody, you know, that he met and he, um, and he was loved, you know, by, by, uh, by everybody that he met. I mean, he just was so adored. You have no idea how many people, you know, used to ask me that, you know, to take them home with them. You have no idea how many people would do that. And, uh, that's, that's just how he was, you know? And, and so because of that, like, you know, I, I, I never, I, I still ask myself that question, you know, how, you know, how happy was he with me, you know? And, I can't help but ask myself the same question was would he have been better off um, with, with somebody else, you know, um, it's hard to, to hard to fathom and hard to imagine. I mean, I know what he brought to me, but God damn it. I wish I was, um, I wish I would have done more for him and, you know, taking care of him and, and provided him what, what he wanted. And did I, did I somewhat, did I provide him what he need? Did he, you know, did I provide him what he, what he, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. And I'll never know, you know, um, it's the only, really the only regret that, that I can honestly say that, um, that haunts me still is that. And, uh, um, I'll never, I'll never, I'll never know how he felt about me. I mean, I know he loved me. I have pictures of him like on my chest, like staring me down and, you know, curled up on me when we were sleeping and just hanging out and, tons of pictures of those but that's that's the beauty of dog you know they, they love you no matter what but um could he have been happier was he happy with me i mean you know i gotta deal with this guy you know this is the guy that bought me at the store so i don't know whatever you know but um i know i could have done more i know i should have done more i know i could have done more but um you know those are the two really the two things that um you know i regret i don't have any regrets at all you know, but that particular one will, you know, will stay with me forever. Um, how happy was he actually with me? And, uh, you know, I should have done more. You know, those are the two things that, that, um, that I really think about, you know, how happy was he with me? And uh, I wish I should have, I wish I could have done more. I wish I could do more. But, um, you know, that's that is what it is you know um i love that boy and uh always will you know that's that's my buddy I'll show you my little thingy here Ugh. told you guys i was getting an emotional here don't make fun of me damn it it's okay to cry shit um i haven't been talking to cecilia that much either but it's okay so here's my little mausoleum for for him uh a little bit of uh show it to you live. There's his uh really can't see it, but have his ashes down there, little box. I put some pictures. Oh, I just knocked over his little therapy dog tag. It's okay. That was his favorite bone. He used to chew on that all the time. On the top of his ashes. That was his collar. And I don't know if you could tell, but uh it's a little Carolina Panther tag 
And then of course he's got his other tag over there with his, you know, address and phone number and all that good stuff. And then that's my boy will be on my lap over there. And, uh, you know, there he is up top. And that was his little bone. That was his favorite bone. And then that ball, he never, um, he never ripped apart that ball in all the years that, um, that I had him. I had that ball from day one and he never ripped it apart ever. We used to play with that ball all the time. I used to throw it and used to grab it and bring it back to me and I'll throw it. I used to do it in the house all day long and he just loved it. And then he'd just get tired and just jump on my lap. And that was the end of it. And I knew game was over and there's a little therapy dog, a therapy dog uh, tag over here. Um, little yellow thing it says, I'm a, I'm a therapy dog. It was up top. It actually fell over. Um, and there's his ashes, you know, there's a little, little, little wooden box. Sorry about the glare, but Oh, there it is. That's perfect. There you go. You know, there's uh you know, there's little ashes. There you go. So that's, uh, that's my boy. He's with me forever now. And, uh, you know, yeah. Anyway, so, whoo, man, that was very therapeutic. You know, um, I want to end this, this episode just by saying, you know, it's, uh, it's okay to cry. It's okay to get emotional, no matter, you know, what the circumstances are, you know, back in the day, I would have thought like the stupid ass, what are you crying over a dog? Just get another dog. That was my mentality back then. And I'm sure there's other people that feel that way, but whatever. Um, you know, you love what you love and love is love. doesn't matter what you love. Love is love. And, um, you know, I'm going to love my, 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 my peanut butter, um, forever. He's my boy. And, um, you know, it's okay to cry. It's okay to get emotional, but what's most important is to not dwell on it. You know, as much as I say, like, you know, it's the regrets and whatnot. I don't dwell on it much. I, I do my best to move forward and past it. You know, I deal with it at the moment, like we do it now and then move forward with it and, um, accept it and not let it bring you down, not let it destroy you because otherwise that could be a problem, you know? Um, you know, as much as I said, it's a regret and it, it, and it is, um, if I just dwell on it, it's just going to kill me. And there my you know, socks and pepper and, and the rest of the, you know, everything else really is going to, is going to, um, be harmed by that. And it's going to be uh, taken from that. So, um, you know, learn, unfortunately it's part of it, you know, having a pet, um, it's part of it, unless you have a tortoise, like I do and a parrot, like I do, I mean, Got news for you. Those two guys are going to like outlive me. So and I find them a home at some point. But, um, you know, unfortunately, when you have like, you know, dogs and cats and stuff, they, you know, but it's a sad thing anyway. But, you know, I guess they come into our lives for a reason, for a short period of time, for a reason. So we could, you know, add more and learn more and grow more. I'm not sure. Um, you know, I don't really believe, like I said, in the whole uh, fortune cookie stuff where, you know, people just give you like a like a canned saying or something. Well, it's death is a part of life. That doesn't make you feel better. You know, well, you know, it was his time. I heard that shit all the time when it, when it came to it. And at the end of the day, it really, it was really just time. Um, like, like, how do you deal? How do you, how do you deal? Like, you know, if somebody was to ask me, like, how did you deal with that death? And you can't, there's really no, no solution to it. You know, the only thing that I could say is that socks, why this is one of the reasons why I always recommend people to have at least uh, two pets is because it kind of like forces you to move forward. You know, I don't know what would have happened 
if I did not have socks, which is another reason why he's kind of like, um, like my, my soul, because if I had not had him, I don't know what would have happened, you know, so I would have sunk into a deep hole in depression. I don't know. It would have been longer. I don't, I don't know. Um, but I had no choice, but to, you know, get up and move forward, move forward. I mean, I did more and I did deal with it and I did, um, go through everything that I needed to go through, but you know, I had just started to earn Sox's trust and respect and I, I couldn't just let it fall apart. So he basically helped me and forced me to kind of like, you know, move forward. Um, doesn't mean you can't have moments. It doesn't mean that you can't have, you know, times when you feel a certain way. It's okay. You know, I do it. I, it's, it's okay. It's just, you can't sit there and just wallow in that and let those emotions dig root because then that becomes your reality. And that's just not healthy. So um, when you have a pet, when you have a dog, when you have a cat, you know, whatever it is, that's just part of it. You know, you just got to deal with them. I mean, it is what it is. You know, they become a part of you. And I get that. But, you know, it's hard, but you got to move forward. And, you know, they, they'll, when people tell me this, um, I say, listen, it's okay to keep them in your heart and in your, in your memory. But we have to learn to move past it because you can't bring a new dog into your home if you still feel those negative emotions. It's just detrimental to the new relationship with your dog. You know, I've I've experienced this. I know this. So it's not like I'm just making this shit up. You know, you deal with it. You keep them in your heart. You keep them in your mind, but you can't keep them in the present because a lot of people compare their dogs to their past dog. And that's just not cool. It's almost like, you know, if you have siblings and your mom and your dad are always comparing you to your siblings, it's just not fun. And that's the whole thing. It's also your emotions are weak and it just doesn't, it doesn't, you know, a lot of times when people will tell me like, yeah, you know, I got this dog and it was like not too long after the other one passed away. And, and then this dog has problems. Well, that first thing I was like, were you done mourning? That's the first question I asked was you, were you done grieving? And nine times out of 10, they'll be like, no. And I'm like, well, that's the problem is, you know, you, you were weak. You were in a, in a good state to, to start this process, to start a relationship, you know, like you break up from a relationship with a boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, or whatever long relationship, your emotions, you you're, you're, you need time to heal before you can step into a new relationship. And the same thing is here. You need time to heal from that relationship with that dog to move on and step into um, a new relationship with another dog. And you, you know what I mean? And so, you know, having socks for me helped the, the healing process. The, you know, agree, I grieved uh, and, I, and, and he helped accelerate the, the healing process to the point where I was ready, when I was ready to bring a new dog home that's when I started the search, you know, it was not until I was ready that I was going to do that. And, you know, that's how it works. So, um, you know, uh, don't make fun of me for me for getting all emotional and wimpy. I'm still tough. God damn it. Musculosa, musculosa. So listen, there's nothing wrong with being emotional. If you're not emotional, then you got no heart and you know, you're a loser. It's okay to get emotional. There's nothing wrong with it. So show those emotions, deal with those emotions and move on. So uh, you guys have any questions? Um, let me know. Thank you for watching this episode of Barking for Balance. It was fun. Uh, I'm glad I got to share this stuff with you. And like I said, if you guys have any questions, let me know. Thank you for watching Barking for Balance. I am Pat the Pac-Man. See you next time. Bye.